So, I guess Phoebe ran into you guys over at a, was it? Come over here. You can come over here, too, if you want to. So, I guess Phoebe ran into you guys over at the uh, unschooling uh, picnic that was going on at Stewart Park. Mm -hmm. And um, how did you guys come to know one another? Um, Tara Wagner. Um, okay. Who's the organic sister? Yeah. Um, Theorganicsister.com. She and Justin and her son Zeb know Miranda from way back um, in Las Vegas when they all lived there. And she, Miranda has since moved back to Ithaca. Tara and Justin have been on the road for, I think, about three years. And um, she's never made it to Ithaca. So we've been traveling with Tara and Justin since January, off and on, and, uh, in our caravan. And, um, and so they were like, we're coming to Ithaca, and you've got to go to Ithaca. And we've stayed... Um, uh, a bit in Asheville, and everyone's like, go to Ithaca, it's just like Asheville, <laughs> it's the coolest city, so we, we were like, yeah, we're going to come, and, and, and how long have you been there. on the road? Um, a year and nine months. Wow. Yeah. What was our record, a month and a half, we did, one <laughs> yeah, time? I think so. In a little VW, yeah. Westie, and so what's your name? Angela, Angela. Nelson. Yeah. And you're with Eco Womb. Eco Womb. And is that yeah. the name of your RV? I'm taking it. It is. Eco Womb tour said, bus. I think. Yeah. You, yeah. You said to me in a email, or you can come see the Eco Womb. We call it that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's our home. We call it the Eco Womb because it's our business. It's our home. We also do events in it, so it's just kind of taken on the name as the Eco Womb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And. You live on the road 24-7. This is your home. You don't have, like, a home base anywhere or anything like no, that? No, we sold our house, um, our mortgage, everything in our house um, in January of 2011 and hit the road. Where so were you living before that? In uh, South Florida, in Boca Raton, Florida. So we had lived there about five years. We had a house there and sold it all to hit the road. <laughs> and now this isn't just any old RV either. So what can you tell me about it? What makes it special? Um, it runs on waste vegetable oil for fuel. So um, we also do education and, and show people how that works, show how the filtration works, how we can get waste grease out of barrel and put it in, and that's our fuel. We have a 90-gallon tank, um, which means we can go about eight to 900 miles on a tank of grease, basically. So wow. we, um, we get, it's very economical, it's good for the environment, and um, you know, we, we get it a lot of times for free. Restaurants are willing to, to give it up if they don't have someone that collects it to recycle it into to biodiesel. So like if a restaurant has like a deep fryer mm-hmm. and they use that for, I don't know how long they use a vat of that stuff, they normally would have, they would normally have to pay to have a company come and dispose of that. Yes. Uh, in a lot of places, they do. Um, some, and it used to be that way all, all over. Um, what's happened in recent years is that now it's a commodity, so people want to have it, so they'll actually pay restaurants to take it, like recycling companies, and then they'll turn around and turn it into biofuel. So a lot of times we've also done a Skillshare with a biodiesel company, and we'll show them what we do and how we live on the road, and then they'll give us <coughs> the waste <coughs> veggie oil that they've collected and sometimes even filtered, and they'll give it to us kind of in exchange. And if it's filtered, we can put it straight in our tank, like straight veggie could go straight in our tank. Okay. If it's um, not filtered, then we have a filtration system up front that... Um, that's built into the RV? built into the RV. Wow. So it's separate from the tank, but it's a two-tank system, so then the start-up and shut-down tank is, is still diesel, and we use that, especially in the cold. Like, we'll have to start up on diesel today because we've been sitting in the cold for a week and a half. Uh-huh. And then once the engine heats up, then we can switch over. So, yeah. And you're able to maintain it? Like, you're able to, like, take care of the engine work and stuff yourself? 
Based, yeah. on, based on based on like your knowledge of car mechanics and that kind of thing. Right. There's yeah. not a whole lot to it. There's basically a fuel switch, mm -hmm. um, and then your filters is, okay. is really so what you have, you have to, just, to focus on. You have to just switch it over if you're going to run on the diesel. Uh, you switch it to basically the radiator fluid heats up the uh, fuel okay. while you're while you're warming up. I see. Um, once it's heated up, you switch over and basically about five to ten minutes yeah. of running, depending on the, the temperature outside. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's eighty-five degrees constantly, you know, then you, you could start up straight on the veggie. Yeah. But basically, it's the injectors that because uh, veggie oil gets. Thick. thick and it'll uh, clog up the injectors um, and that's the reason to start up and shut down. Have you had any interesting stories of breaking down or anything? <laughs> yeah like what that? I'm wondering <laughs> is I'm, I'm completely unrelated to the veg. Uh, we yeah. had a yeah. bearing go in the uh, uh, in the rear wheel and then the axle broke at the same time oh. so yeah that was a, that was our no. big derailment <laughs> yeah. uh, but as Literally. far as engine mm -hmm. issues we were off the road for a couple we weeks. haven't had any issues uh, engine wise so uh, excellent so let me see if I understand you can run off of the diesel anytime that you want so if you're in a pinch and you didn't have the veggie oil for some reason you can fill up with diesel yeah, at a regular gas station on a throughway or whatever yes. right. what but is your name again I'm sorry Clint Clint okay so sorry. what kind of luck do you have as far as getting the veggie fuel do you have to set that up in advance can you find it fairly easily is there do you guys ever have any anxiety as far as where's our next veggie fuel load going to come from um not so much anxiety because again we can run the diesel if we have to uh -huh. um so there's no uh it's more a thing of trying to plan it out you know sometimes it's difficult sometimes we come across it easily so it's there's um it depends state to state. Different states have different laws on uh, the waste vegetable oil. So some states it's more difficult to get it. Depends on the recycling companies that are collecting it too, mm -hmm. and the restaurant owners. So it's um, can be difficult at times, and sometimes it can it come fairly easy. So can you use social media to to get your fuel oil? You know we haven't yet. No? Um, I mean we usually look ahead to see you know, if there's biodiesel companies or uh, universities that we can connect with. Um, you know, the, the last um, campground we were at, we were able to get like 30 gallons of fuel there. Wow. Um, they have, you know, they had their own little restaurant and so yeah, they just dumped the grease out back. <laughs> so there's a lot of those type of opportunities that uh, are there. Um, just always on the lookout. So you could literally barrels. be like, <laughs> yeah. this place has french fries, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> How many other families on the road have you met that are running off of veggie well, fuel. Um, the Justin, uh, Wagners yeah. that travel with us, uh, they, he's um, he always goes and collects, mm -hmm. and uh, he's got a pickup truck, so it's a lot easier for him to get in and out of places um, and uh, and scout it out. It's a little tougher with a 32 foot RV. Yeah, um, but we do it. But you do <laughs> it in and do out do of. And, uh, and the then you have the is that an air cooled Beetle? It is. Yes. And you tow that, and then you've got that. that to scoot around town in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we just got. That's that how I spotted you guys like ago. all over the place. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. there's the purple bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just picked that up a few months ago. Before that, we just had our bikes and we just biked everywhere. Mm -hmm. But um, it's definitely made it a little easier, so we can get groceries and, and oh, yeah. so forth. Because before right. we'd have to take the RV in and or the bikes. So yeah, um, yeah. but we like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. we like our purple bug because then you can spot us. <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> 
Now, you mentioned traveling in a caravan. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means, and are there a lot of people doing that? Is it a fairly kind of new thing, or has it been around for a while? First um, that I've heard Yeah, heard there are that. a lot of families on the road, and we didn't really find that out until we, we hit the road. Um, we, had, we knew about Tara and Justin. I met them kind of online, and then also uh, Sarah and Matt Jansen, who had the, this is the original Live Lightly tour bus. Um, and they, they did something several years back where they went around and taught about sustainability out of this rig, and they have passed on. So we knew there was some out there, but then when we, we um, went full-time, there was a rally, um, a Families on the Road rally um, right in Florida, right where we were moving out of. So we went, and we were like, wow, there's like 30 families on the road living sustainably, eating organic, just this open consciousness of times were changing and they were kind of awake to what's going on in the world and all of these things and so we met and just started talking and really openly around fires talking and we just all really said wow wouldn't this be really cool if we could travel together creating change connecting families all of that and so it just kind of unfolded after that I, I announced at the fire and I was like this would be cool and then everyone was like oh have you been planning this let me know more about it I'm like Oh no, this was just thought in my head earlier today <laughs> as I was putting fires around the, or putting chairs around the fire. So it unfolded after that. Um, we had a couple other things we did with some families on the road in Florida. And then we were supposed to head out west after that. And we just felt so connected to these families that we decided to stay in Florida. And we basically spent the winter there. And then we've worked our way up the East Coast with this group of families. So, so you, t- you travel <laughs> with the migrating birds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I think the geese are starting to head south now. Yeah, so we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, but we were enjoying having, you know, fall up here, so, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a great, great spot. Are you heading up to Vermont? We're going to Vermont yeah. for um, a couple weeks, yeah. and then we'll, we'll head south-south. I think we're going to head to, um, particularly a southwest course, to get to California. We're going to winter in California. Oh, year. wow. Yeah. So, so you said you, you could travel hundreds of miles on a tank of veggie yeah. fuel so what's your mileage work out like as far as cost wise it's it's about eight to ten um miles per gallon same as it would be for diesel mm-hmm. um we use it's a little more like up and over mountains and that sort of thing sure. it's, it's not maybe at right at that level but um yeah with that tank with the 90 gallon tank we can go between eight nine hundred miles so mm-hmm. that's that's what we get so have you average. ever computed like the cost it is, how much you're you're paying. I mean, how much well, you're paying a gallon for for veggie well, fuel? Well, it's free normally, okay. so we don't we don't pay. Wow. Um, I, the only time we've ever paid was we knew a guy in Florida, um, where we started off, and he actually would go around collect it, filter it down, travel to wherever we were, happened to be in South Florida, and pump it in, and we paid him like a dollar a gallon. But other than that, on the road we've never paid. It's it's always been free so well, I think that there's some really interesting implications here when you think about what's going on with the mortgage crisis and then what's going on in world affairs especially in the Middle East I mean as I look at gas prices I'm just always surprised that they haven't doubled to ten dollars a gallon yet I just mm-hmm. kind of always think that that's coming and it may be that it's not happening yet or maybe there's forces that are artificially holding the prices down I don't know mm-hmm. I mean we're up at over four dollars a gallon now so it just seems like I know if you were running a regular RV like this it mm-hmm. seems like it would just cost a fortune to move from one city to another but yeah. you're essentially doing it for free just mm-hmm. minus the cost of the upkeep of the vehicle and right. what it cost you originally and yeah and campground stays and, and a lot of times we boondock so when we boondock we're, we're free um when we stay with friends like this situation here we're 
free. So we try to balance it so we really keep our costs down. I mean, we do everything on our own with the with our events, and so far we've funded it on our own. So it's mm. really been we've had to look for how to keep the costs really down so that we can pay for the essentials, food and, and camping stays when we need to plug in and, and charge up and, and that and sort you, of thing. And you are coming with a family. So you've mm-hmm. got you've got three kids. Yes. And what are their ages? Uh, 12, 9, and 4 and a half. She'll be 5. My daughter will be 5 next month. And they're really enjoying being on the road. I talked to your son, and he, but, yeah. well, both of your sons, and they were, they were just like, we love it. And you were telling us about the chicken coop idea, that they're coming up with their <laughs> yeah. own ideas of traveling on the yeah. road and being sustainable by having towing a, a you know, some kind of a chicken tractor behind. Yeah. Well, not really a chicken tractor they, they, in that sense, yeah. but, but pulling something that has a chicken coop on it. Yeah, they, they drew brilliant. out plans to for a nice. trailer. And this was before we got the tow car, but they drew out plans to say, well, we could bring these chickens because we had stayed at a farm in Asheville mm-hmm. um, all of last summer, actually, for about three months. And we raised chickens and we planted and we harvested. Like, we did the whole thing so they could really get the feel of how to raise food and, and homestead. But then we were able to hit the road again, so which was nice. But they didn't want to leave their chickens at the farm. So that was when they drew the plans and said, can we bring them with us? And Aww. I was like, I would love to. Right. <laughs> I would love to have fresh eggs. Yeah. So. So yeah, our main cost on the road is food. And so, you know. have you been life learners since the beginning? Since the beginning, yes. I mean, since birth of yes. your children. We, we've done. They've never been in school, mm-hmm. and we um, it was very eclectic when we started. I, you know, with what they did, and then as we hit the road, it was more road schooling, and really, when I say life learn, like really just what we do. You know, when we do an event, they come with us. I'm an activist, so when we go somewhere, you know, I make sure it's family friendly. I Kind of, if I'm setting it up, that's that's a given. I'm going to put that in there, and then they're they're coming with us. They were on the Right to Know march with us last fall, um, so they marched from New York to D.C. Like that's history, and to me, it's what's going on. It's more important for them to live it and feel it. Exactly. And you know, kids are hands-on learners, so when we go, you know, into Plymouth, they learn there. We went to Williamsburg, you know, just. Everywhere mm-hmm. we've gone, you know, and we just hiked in Acadia for learns. weeks. Yeah. You can't help but learn. Just there. You know, stumbling out of bed in the morning. So, right, <laughs> <laughs> right totally. You, you mentioned yeah. events a few times. What more can you tell us about the events that you do? Well, we teach about s- simple and sustainable living. Um, we also do the waste veggie oil demonstration, so we'll show everyone how that works. Um, we also have a, um, a line of uh, educational programs, so we'll teach about the importance of um, non-GMOs and the dangers of genetically modified foods, um, what we can do about it, how we can vote with our forks and our dollars, that sort of thing. So we have a whole program that we teach on that and set up events, and by events, we'll either it's a festival, school. Um, we were in the Commons right here in Ithaca on Monday and, and, and teaching people, handing out flyers and, and letting them know what is a GMO and that sort of thing. We also do a program, um, the Zero Waste Family Project, we teach people how to lessen their carbon footprint and go zero waste. You know, reduce, reuse, recycle, compost, show them how to do that. If they're already doing that, um, we'd like to meet people where they are. We don't ever push anything. It's just like, where are you and do you recycle? If not, this is how you can do it. This is where you can do it in this community. If you do all that you want to compost, this is how we do it on the road. We can show you. It's, it's as easy as digging a hole, that sort of thing. And then the zero waste um, part of it, going completely zero waste, is something called bottle bricking. So we take a plastic bottle and whatever cannot be recycled or composted, we stuff into a uh, plastic bottle and until it's like hard as a brick and we're collecting them on the road and we're going to build like a community bench at a nature center or a school or 
or whatever. Mm. And so we Did you check out the children's garden while you were here? Yes. Did you yes. see like some of the stuff that they've got going on over there as far It'd be as a the great place Did you to see the greenhouse? I mean, the bottle house that they created? Oh, I don't know if I saw that. We were climbing trees for a bunch oh, yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's a great place for that. It. Yeah, oh, that they have awesome. they have a bottle house made out of 2-liter bottles that they kind of cut in half and just yeah. like, stacked on rope. Oh, awesome. And yeah. it just created and you go in there and you can tell the the warmth is definitely different in there yeah. than uh, it, it's beautiful, oh, you know. Awesome. It's all like green. So if anyone's interested, hmm. we put out there this is how you do it and then they can gather them in their home and when they have a bag full take it and drop it off a location and then what we would love to do is then come back through and then help build something beautiful oh, i mean they've built beautiful. schools out of these things in oh. like guatemala and places like that so so tell us again so stuff the bottle with yeah i can show you that would be great i love it love peace and veggie grease <laughs> So here's a bottle break. Okay. So basically it's anything that can't be recycled or composted. Maybe so it's like wrappers, wrappers, you know, chip bags or yeah. I think that's pancake mix or something. Mm -hmm. And then you just stop it down as tight as you can get it. You know, make sure you fill all the air holes and as it fills up we'll stuff, you know, more and more into there. Yeah. And then it can be any size bottle. Yeah. So that's a bottle break. And so when it's nice and hard, they basically stack them up. Um, it can do, you can do them vertically like as make a wall, right there. or you can do them like this, and what they're doing is stacking them and then making a bench, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, they're doing them all over the world. The guy who actually um, started this is in uh, Kenya right now, and he's building some beautiful part of like a community center for these kids. But so yeah, those are kind of our educational programs um, that we do, and sometimes we'll set up at a festival and we'll also vend because we do have um, we started off eco womb as a business that really sold eco-friendly products for families mm -hmm. and we would do festivals and set up and and sell cloth diapers and baby slings and wooden toys and that sort of thing so we still do that um, as an additional source of income but also when we have the opportunity at an event to to vend so Awesome. And do you have an online store that you yeah. use? Mm -hmm. So if you go on, it's the store, the tour, and more. So you can go look at everything under our store or look for information on our tour and our schedule. And, um, and yeah, we'll open up the RV and, and show people because we have a lot of sustainable features inside as well. We have bamboo and cork flooring. Um, we have a paper stone countertop. We have a sunflower seed table. Um, we have two solar panels on top, which provide um, solar power for our lights and our fans and so forth so yeah, you can take a look if you so you can run electric even if you don't have electric to plug into yes we can run the lights and the fans um, we don't have a big enough system to like, plug all our computers in and since we work remotely we do have to find sources to charge for that um, we'd like to expand that you know down the road but yeah we can stop somewhere and um, and have all our lights and what do you do for internet when you're on the road do you have some kind of um, MiFi uh-huh um, so we use that, or you know, so you can, for, you're on the internet rolling down the road, or if you're, road, you, can have is, that, it yeah. has like a cellular single signal that you yeah. have to have. Yeah. So we we have that, um, or our phones. We have an iPad, um, or if we need to to do anything for any length of time, you know, we'll go to a coffee shop somewhere, which uh -huh. you know is nice because we meet locals and we'll sometimes spend work days and do that. Like Clint will go off and spend a day at the coffee shop work, or mm -hmm. I will, or we'll take turns since mm -hmm. we both both work and we kind of trade it off and then we're with the kids and mm -hmm. we're all together. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Uh, you mentioned GMOs a few times. How did you get involved in that? And I'm curious because you're going to be headed to California, and that's kind of the big thing right now with the election coming up is the labeling GMO uh, mandatory yeah, the ballot measure there. Yeah, the ballot initiative, Prop 37. And we got first got involved last um, fall. We were um, on the Right to Know March, so we got connected with um, the Sustainable Living Roadshow and they invited us to tour with them for the fall. So we hooked up with them, and then we started off in New York City. We marched to the UN, basically, to take a, um, a proposal there, and then we, we marched down to D.C. So we took the bus, we did events, we also took days where we just walked with our kids in the march. Um, and as we did that, we learned more and more. I mean, we were already eating all organic, we were already for our family eating gluten and dairy-free because we had made that choice four years ago to do that. So we were learning through our kids, you know, what food needs and what, how important it was to eat wholesome foods, but then also realizing that not everything's labeled. It can say organic, it can say natural, and it can still be genetically modified. Unless it's certified organic, unless you know the farmer you're getting the food from, um, it's really hard to tell. So we started learning more about it and then really becoming passionate that, you know, this is the way we're feeding our kids. Everyone needs to know this. This is our right to know what's in our food. Um, you know, Monsanto developed Agent Orange and PCBs and DDT, and they're a chemical company. They're not a seed company. So it just, it, it riles me up because yeah. they, they should not have control over our food. And right now that's the direction that we're, that we're already in it. Yeah. You know, it's not even where we're headed. We're already in it for the past you know, two decades, we've been eating this stuff, you know, and then feeding our kids. And so it's, it's so very important that, I mean, it's, there's been an increase in, in autism and autoimmune diseases and cancers and um, allergies. Every kid I know has an allergy to something. It was one of the reasons we took our kids off of gluten and dairy because we were seeing their digestive systems weren't right, their behaviors weren't right. And we were like, look, we're already eating organic, we're, but we were eating all, you know, whole wheat stuff and it could have yep. could have been still genetically modified maybe we didn't know because the label so yeah so we got really passionate about and just want to teach more people what it is what they can do about it and the main thing even before i mean prop 37 in california is huge there's a huge amount of support going into it and it's a ballot initiative which means people will be able to say yes or no um of course you can look at the the charts where all the the companies that are put money into, you know, no, don't vote for this because mm -hmm. they're going to lose a buck. And that, that's the bottom line. It's all it is. There's been no studies ever that they've been able to prove that there's anything good about it. They've well, just come out. Well, all of the studies, uh, most of the studies, to my understanding, have been really short-term, like 90-day studies. Uh, did you see the study this, I think it was in the last week that came out, that was a two-year study on rats and showed... Yes the de decreased life expectancy mm -hmm. and the tumors and effects, and of course yeah. and then there's a there's a backlash to that from people mm -hmm. freaking out over that but it's kind of like it's it, even in this advanced era that we supposedly live uh, we're still fighting a battle between what is hard science and what's just corporate propaganda mm -hmm. oh definitely and and there have been you know it's been proven how they've also thwarted any kind of scientific scientific research that's been put out there to negatively affect them. They've they've shut it down. They've they've fired people at university professors at university level levels. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They really have the hand in the pocket. I mean, the former you know vice president Monsanto is now like a chair 
you know, advisor in the FDA. So Michael, you know, they put Michael Taylor in there. Hello, you can't have someone that is is in charge of Monsanto running our food supply. But it's it's a revolving door that's gone back and forth for years. There's so many people that have gone back and forth, and it's it's ridiculous. I mean, they're also putting farmers out of business. You know, they can sue farmer. They have a patent on a seed, so they give the farmer has to buy the seed. And then they have a patent on it. They can't replant it because it's it's you can't do that with these seeds. So the next year, the farmer's dependent on Monsanto has yeah. to buy it again. Yeah. They're also if there's any cross pollination, they've gone in and sued other farmers, and and it's not even their seed. So it's it's, it's like your GMO really, yeah. pollen came over mm-hmm. into my farm and contaminated my corn, yeah. and now you're going to sue me for mm-hmm. infringing on your patent. Yeah, and up until now, they've been able to do it. And people are outraged. I mean, farmers are outraged. You know, me as a mom, I'm outraged because it's, it's, nobody really knows, you know, what's in in the products on the shelves. So what we tell people is that, you know, if you're going to take one step, corn and soy are your top, you know, GMO. Canola. Canola oil. Those are the three. Corn, soy, and uh, canola oil. Those are the top three. So look at what you're buying. If you're buying crackers for your kids, look, does it have canola or does it have corn as the first couple ingredients? Does it have soy? Don't buy it unless it's labeled non-GMO verified or unless it's labeled USDA certified organic. And, and just buy more whole foods. I mean, but if you are, I mean, I have kids. We buy crackers, you know. So just look for that and take a step because right now it's the more and more people that say, no, I'm going to choose a product that's verified and not this product, it, it's going to it's gonna hit them where, where it counts. And it, all, it, the profit is all they care about. I, th- I think when I ran into you the other day, it was in Green Star, and you, I think I heard you make a remark about what an awesome resource this was or something like that. Yeah. Do you like our market here? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love finding co-ops. I love finding, you know, where we can go in and, and feel that we can get safe food. Um, it, it's nice. I mean, we've traveled all over, and we've traveled to places where it's very difficult and there are pockets of, of the U.S. That, that don't have that kind of resource, a cooperative like that, or a nat- even a natural food market, and you go in, and it's it's all GMO food. It's all processed food, and it's it's really hard. Um, and so my heart goes out to saying, you know, everybody should have access to organic food. I mean, if you think about it, it shouldn't even be... We shouldn't have to label organic. That's natural. We should be labeling, this is genetically modified. This is, you know, ridden with pesticides. And then let people make a choice. You know, I'm not saying put everyone out of business. I'm just saying let people make a choice. And when it comes down to it, as a mom, I'm thinking most moms are going to say, yeah, I want to make that choice. Well, I think think that we should let economic factors decide. And if we're going to do that, it has to be a level playing field Mm -hmm. as far as people being able to make educated choices. Right. Exactly. It must be nice having the internet as you go. I know we took a trip up to Maine a few months ago, and on our way up there, we're like, we need food, and we, you know, as we're going down the road, I'm looking on my iPhone, I found a natural market in a town that we were coming up to. We had to spend 30 minutes driving around to find this place, but it was like, we went to a specific, you know, small city and found one place where we could buy food, and we bought food there for that lasted us the whole time we were camping until we came home. Yeah, that's what we do. We'll look we'll look it up on our maps and say where are we going next and where can we get food. If we if there's not a lot of option, we'll do the stopping along the way or we'll try to load up before we leave. If we are like in a place like this, we we went to the store yesterday and made sure we got some food for our trip up. I know in Burlington there'll be places too, but you know yeah. So we'll look ahead and it makes it nice. There's also um, eat local grown. Um, dot com is a site where you can go and find, mm. you know, and there's also you pick 
um, sites out there where you can find where you can actually go to farmers markets and that sort of thing. So we try to try to do that a lot because not only can we get local food where we are, since we do travel, we, we still want to get local food where we are and then um, mm-hmm. support local communities. Um, but we can also meet locals that way and it, mm-hmm. it makes it much more um, engaging and fun for us. What else can you tell us about the Eco Womb bus and its features? Um, sure, I can show you inside if you want. My okay. kids are in there, but uh, I can. Uh, we have uh, the bamboo and cork flooring. Um, let's see if we can. Hi guys. Oh, you watched the movie, but. <laughs> Hi, this is Mateo. Hi guys. Gravity uh, fed. Yes, this is our Berkey uh, water filtration system. So okay. we get clean water wherever we are. And you just um, have to pour water in the top of that and do. it just comes we'll just out. We'll take you know, this or we'll take a bucket if we're someplace where we don't have a hookup and we'll um, we'll fill that up with water and it filters. I mean, I've used it in all sorts of countries. No electricity required, no, no pumping. No electricity required. Yeah, I'm going to get uh, one of those. We also have our compost bucket and then we, uh, we take that. We also have a bucket outside three-gallon, like, big bucket. So when this is full, we put that in there. When that is full, then we go and we, you know, we'll find a composting, you know, either at a nature center or a college or sometimes we'll go and far out and we'll dig a hole because if it's only three gallons, it'll biodegrade in a couple weeks because it's just food scraps. And then this is a crushed sunflower seed, the ca- uh, the table. It's kind of like particle board in a way. Um, They just, yeah, they crush all the sunflowers and then put a, um, a plant-based resin over it. And then just wow. an eco-safe varnish on top, and uh, and that's our table. We used to have that as a countertop. We just had that replaced um, from the main uh, green building supply. Helped us out with that, and um, that's what we try to do: connect with, you know, green companies as we travel as well. And so this is paper stone. So this is all recycled paper, hmm. um, wow. and it's um, pressed down, pressed. It's and as it's hard a, as anything. Yep, it's hard. And, wow. Uh, and it's just a plant resin that that keeps it all together and. This is our shower. We have a, um, this is a hand, uh, hand washed on concrete, so it's not poured concrete, huh. which is a lot of waste, but this is um, with an eco-safe dye to it, paint, and so we had someone do that. And That's we nice. That's like... Well in our bathroom um, floor and our sink. Maybe my son's in there, so we won't go in there. And then my, um, my husband built the bunks back here, so we have oh, a whole nice. bunk wow. system. So we have... We have our um, we have natural latex uh, mattresses with the uh, organic wool pads for like temperature regulation. So we put our king size mattress we put sideways so we have more room. And then my husband built two bunks for our boys, and then our daughter sleeps sleeps with us because the bed's big enough. And we have closet space for everybody. And did you have to sell off a lot of stuff before you were yeah. able to move in? <laughs> yeah. How long did that take? Um. Probably a year of downsizing. Uh-huh. Um, I think we had like four to six yard sales. And then at the end, it was just we gave a lot away to Goodwill. We do have some, you know, albums and pictures, some important right. things like that, some holiday stuff, you know, in a shed at our friend's farm in Asheville. Mm-hmm. But other than that, and it's a small shed, other than that, everything we have is wow. here. So we, we really just let go mm-hmm. of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we sold off our couches our furniture everything so we just we you know what we have is what we need and then those couple special things that was too hard to bring or we didn't have space for we have a small shed that we keep it in that's it (laughs) this is fantastic thank you for inviting me in here it's actually really spacious (laughs) what year is the vehicle uh it's a 94 fleetwood player and so we've really 
We've done a lot of upgrades. There's, you know, still more you want to do always with the home. <laughs> it's cozy. But, uh, yeah, it's very cozy. We took out this seat right here so that it would give us more floor space so the kids can actually nice lay floor. on the floor and play. And, and now you guys are getting ready to leave. Yeah, we're packing up today. Okay. We're um, heading to Hitting Burlington. We have friends up in Burlington that um, got there yesterday, so they're waiting for us to get there, and we're going to go meet up with them. And It's a really and, uh, pretty time to be yeah. traveling through the Northeast. Yeah. The trees the are just starting to light up. Yeah. I'm excited by that, definitely. We're definitely excited. Thank you for sharing all of this with us. I think it's really interesting what you're doing. I think that it's kind of a sign of the times, and I think you guys are on the leading edge of, of a lot of changes that are happening in the world. Also, Phoebe and I are really kind of interested in this kind of lifestyle. We've been, we're looking at maybe doing something like this, and, mm -hmm. and maybe you can relate. In the, you know, in the, we've been in a home for five years mm -hmm. and have the mortgage and everything, and uh, we've been downsizing and having yard sales and just trying to get <laughs> rid of everything that we can with the... Uh, with the thought of, of maybe trying to do something like this, but mm -hmm. I know that, you know, for me, I love the idea of the adventure. And then we were just talking about Phoebe's reading Thoreau's uh, Walking. Mm -hmm. And I just think that he was such an interesting guy that back in when he was writing hundreds of years ago, he was already lamenting the fact that people were spending their entire lives paying for their homes right. you know, and talking and mortgage, you know, mort right. means death. Right. And, you know, exactly. mor mortgage is a death pledge. <laughs> That's what it literally means. I don't know that humans are really meant to live that way. It's like we, yeah. we kind of are enslaving ourselves into, you know, and I like I have neighbors and they have such a nice house and they have a boat and they have cars and all of these things and they're never there they're always at work and I'm, uh, I'm not sure why are you accumulating all of this stuff and like working 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 and it's like this is the only life you've got right. you might as well that's enjoy right. it and live it and be with your children and mm -hmm. teach them that's what we we realized and we just got so busy with our with you know Clint was working a lot and it was it, it got hard, so that was definitely, um, you know, a choice we made. We said we'd, we'd, we we want to be out in nature. We want to be with our kids. We don't want to work to pay this mortgage so we have no time as a family. Well, what's the end result of that? You know, you're just working to pay a bill. You're not working to do things with your family. You're working to pay a bill. And, and we, we let all that go and really felt a huge, huge breath of freedom. Um, I mean, we pretty much, um, he got permission to work remotely, actually, from his corporate job. We sold the house. We launched the tour all within a month. So we wow. said, that's, that's a sign. We're taking a leap. We're, we're taking a leap, and we're, we're doing it. Um, and we actually bought the RV before we had sold the house, which was a huge risk. But we just, you know, I tell people all the time, if, you're, if you open your heart to the possibilities, then doors will open for you. And, and, and I can say that because it's happened, you know. I'm sure there were times that, you know, there was some trepidation or, oh, my goodness, what did we just do? Or there were moments, you're going to, we're human, but, Every time I've just, you know, back up, open your heart, know that the universe is, is, you know, handing you these things for a reason, is opening your eyes to these things for a reason, and then sure enough, doors open. I mean, even this past summer, we got to the point where we were, everything, my husband um, switched his corporate job and now does uh, letterboxstudios.com as his web design firm um, that he does, and so he went full-time with that in February of this year. And we were tight with money, and, and things switched when we didn't have an outside income, and, and things switched for us, and, and it was really hard. And this summer, we kind of got to a point where we were like, what are we going to do? We're, we've been doing all this education for free. It's our passion, but, but yeah. we have to pay for our 
food. We have to pay for camping. We're there. We have bills still. And, um, and we just, we said, okay, again, just be open, be open. And we got our first sponsor. So we were so excited. So Dr. Bronner's came on board and, okay. and sponsored us. So we're really stoked about that. And he, um, we've actually met David Bronner. We walked with him in the Right to Know March and he's an awesome guy and he's really, really supportive of the, um, you know, labeling GMOs. And so he knows how much that's a passion of ours. And so we're just, you know, all linked together, all working together. Is, is that your only sponsor at this point then? Um, we have fuel sponsors okay. who, when we go through, we can get fuel. We also have product sponsors. We just got BioBag to product sponsors. So they give us, um, mm -hmm. the Kombuk, um, biodegradable bags and that sort of thing. And so we're adding, we're looking, looking for, for more. more. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if you know anyone or <coughs> anyone out there know of anyone, but yeah, so we appreciate our fuel sponsors that, you know, and all our sponsors are on our, on our webpage. But, uh, that, that was our biggest, Dr. Brown's was our biggest main sponsor right now. So we're looking for more, but we're excited. We're going to keep going. It's our passion. So regardless, yeah. we're going to keep going. You, uh, my motto is you jump off the cliff and you build your wings on the way down. Exactly. Because then you don't exactly. have a choice, right? You just go That's for really it. It's a really good motivator. And we just did it, and it's, it always works out. You just you find a way. I mean, whatever circumstance you're in, even if you've jumped off and it's like, oh, a big, big risk, you'll figure it out. I mean, the universe kind of provides like that, I think. You know, your heart's open, and, you know, we've been meeting awesome conscious souls, even you and Phoebe. I mean, just the, how everything, like works out and you connect yeah. it just i know it all it's all happening for a reason i'm glad we had the opportunity so. to do this yeah before you left awesome yeah well thanks for stopping by <laughs> thanks for letting me see your house <laughs> and you guys got a nice spot here yeah right on this pond yeah it's a property awesome Wow, there's a zip line and everything. Can you do that zip line? Every kid wants to go on a zip line onto the trampoline. I know what we need to do. Oh my gosh, I can't believe she's doing this. That's awesome. Mateo, this is Miranda. Hi, Miranda. Miranda and her family are unschoolers. They're radical unschoolers, and they. Um, just traveled to Australia and lived for a year in Australia and have just returned. So, and, and she's hosting. And we might have to have Miranda on a future episode. I know. Of <laughs> As you build out your campground. That's you know? right. That's right. Okay. My, uh, my husband was talking to my brother who's an architect. He's an architect. 